This podcast is a production of the Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, a place where real people meet a real God to live in a real world. For more information, visit our website at www.communitycovenant.net. Scripture reading this morning is from the uh, book of Acts, so I'll have you uh, locate that in your in your Bible device, uh, starting with uh, in chapter 7 with verse 58. When the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this they covered their ears, and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragging him out of the city, and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison off the team, whatever, you know, just there's so much instability, so much that we don't understand, that, that we don't know. For me, growing up, it was, uh, a lot of you guys know, my mom died giving birth to me, and my dad remarried, then my stepmom died in a car accident when I was nine, then my dad got married again, then my dad died of cancer when I was 12, and so I'm in junior high, my mom's dead, my stepmom's dead, my dad's dead. The only close relatives I had were my, my aunt and uncle, George and Sandra. And then when I was in high school, they got in a fight, and my uncle George shot and killed my aunt, and then stuck the gun to his own head, killed himself. So I'm 16 years old, and this is life to me, going, man, what's next? Everything seems to be falling apart, and we get a little worried, we get a little scared. And this is what Christians do, you know, they try to serve God, but then things get a little rocky. And things get a little unstable. And so we go, okay, that was nuts. I don't, I don't want to live like that. Let me, uh, let me hold on. And this is your routine. This is what so many people do. They go, you know what? I'm not going to try anything crazy. I'm just going to sit here. And uh, I'm just going to hold on. And uh, this is what you look like. You just go... Uh, this is what people do. You know what? I'm just going to have my nice little family. We're just going to... Um, you know, we're just going to keep to ourselves. We're going to live in a gated community. I'm going to homeschool my kids, make them wear helmets everywhere. I'm going to, um, you know, I'm not going to let them outside because sun has bad rays. I'm going to, um, you know, just on and on and on. And you just live your life in the safety of I don't want to do anything crazy for God. I just, I just want to, you know, go to church on Sundays and maybe give like 2%. Um, and uh, maybe serve, help the nursery, because I feel guilty. And then you do this your whole life, and then you, you go, your greatest prayer is like, God, you know what, I would love to die in my sleep and not even feel it, and then just go up to heaven. And so th- you want to die like this. 
just in your sleep, ooh, right in the middle of a dream, good dream, the dream you're going to heaven and you don't even feel it, and then suddenly you wake up, you stand before the judge, and you go... <laughs> now, if... Uh, Could you imagine, could you imagine watching the Olympics, you know, and some girl does that, just gets up there, starts straddling the thing, and then steps off and goes, what is the judge supposed to do on the card? You see, and to me, I go, man, that's the routine that so many Christians are headed for. That's the routine, the boring, I do nothing crazy because I don't want to fall. I, I, that's the routine that they're going to live, and then one day it's going to be a shock because they're going to step off that balance beam and realize they're standing before the judge. They're standing before the judge, and you think he's going to look at that routine and go, Wow, well done. Well done. You live the safest life possible... You didn't slip. You didn't fall. See, that's not the life that God's called us to. That's where the majority will head. But I don't want to go where the majority goes. That's uh, Pastor Francis Chan. And that's his very famous message, the balance beam routine. And so he challenges us and he really asks us the question that as followers of Jesus, uh, are we about living lives that are bold and courageous, or are we about living lives of safety and self-protection? Uh, as we've looked into the book of Acts, and especially these last few weeks, as we've looked at the ministry uh, and the message uh, of Stephen, uh, we are confronted with tension uh, the tension that comes naturally to to want to live our lives uh, in comfort, safely, following Jesus, or are we going to be bold? Are we going to be courageous? Uh, are we going to stand on the balance beam and do the routine that God has called us to perform, or are we going to clutch it, grab onto it, for fear? that something bad might happen for fear that, that God may present opportunities to us to live for Him in a way that is challenging. For fear that somehow God would, would call us to a place or to a people where we don't even want to go. And so the question is, are we going to live lives in which we have stand-up character, standing firm in our conviction, and standing out with our courage, as we've seen modeled in the life of Stephen these past few weeks? Or are we going to grab on to the illusion of safety? I remember when Lori and I were working with Prison Fellowship, we, we planted ourselves in a community in South Sacramento. And uh, I'm telling you, that was like Dodge City. 
It was the wild and willy streets of South Sacramento. Every night, police pursuits, helicopters. We had police dogs in our backyard chasing fleeing felons. We heard gunshots. A car across the street blew up in the middle of the night. I mean, there were all kinds of things. People found in trunks a block away. It was craziness. And I remember people from the church that we were attending out in the suburbs of Sacramento would continually turn down invitations to come and have dinner with us or uh, to, to join us for a barbecue. And after a while, we began to understand the reason why. is that, that they felt where we lived wasn't safe. They didn't want to go there. Even though Lori and I were committed to having a ministry there. Um, for many, they saw it not even a safe place to come enjoy a barbecue with their Christian friends. And then there was a very good friend of ours that used to minister up in the Reading area. He was a key volunteer with our prison fellowship ministry. And I'll never forget as we were telling him the story about how people from our church didn't want to come and visit us because of where we lived. He said, you know, Todd, I've learned something in life. He said, in life, nowhere is safe. But with God, everywhere is safe. And uh, I've never forgotten that. In his book, Profiles and Courage, President Kennedy writes these words. To be courageous requires no exceptional qualifications, no magic formula. It's an opportunity that sooner or later is presented to us all, and each person must look for that courage in his or her own soul. I think the message that we received this morning from Francis Chan, the message of our passage today as we we look at the, the standout courage of a man named Stephen. Is that we are to look deep within our spirit. And in the power of the Holy Spirit that lives within us. We are to stand up and we are to answer the call to be men and women who live a bold and courageous faith. Right here, right now, in our context, in Eagle River. In Alaska or at sea. A few weeks ago, uh, I know uh, it was startling, but I said it. And what I said was this that, that when push comes to shove, when we're confronted with a tension of whether we're going to be comfortable or whether we're going to really live a sold out life for Jesus, that, that Christianity and comfort cannot coexist. Remember when I said that? No matter how hard we want it to be that way, no matter how hard we, we, we try to position ourselves, when push comes to shove, when that tension is there, sooner or later, you and I are called to choose whether we're going to live a bold, courageous, dynamic life for Christ or whether we're going to be comfortable. And when it comes to prioritizing, we need to prioritize Christ first and comfort second. Remember I said that? Well, today I'm going to say something as equally outrageous. It's outrageous in the culture that we live here. As we as Western Christians are addicted to the things that make us feel comfortable. 
And we, we try to unculturize the gospel. We enculturate it so that comfort and Christianity are congruent somehow. We do the same thing with safety. And so I'm going to say the same thing. When push comes to shove, Christianity and safety okay, cannot coexist. Now, we can be secure, secure in that wherever we go, whatever God calls us to do, by the power of Holy Spirit, we rest in His hand. That's security. That's a godly, holy security. And yes, we're called to that. But we are not called to a life of clutching the balance beam. That's safety. And that isn't what God calls us to. An author by the name of... Let me get his name here. Richard Hallstrom. Probably a a good suite, a good covenanter. In his book, The Colors of Hope, describes what he calls the safety-first mentality. According to his perspective, the key to living well um, isn't really living safely. But this is what he writes. He says, Lock your doors at night. Get an alarm system. Save 10% and make sure your investment's insured. Take your vitamins, minerals, omega-3s, ginkgo biloga, and St. John's wort. Eat lots of soluble fibers. Exercise. Get eight hours of sleep. Go to church regularly. Be certain to drive carefully both on the way there and on the way home. And by the way, it's best your car's the biggest because in the biggest car, you're the safest. Don't go on mission trips to places where you might contract staph infection, malaria, intestinal parasites, or face a terrorist plot. Risky hobbies? Forget it. Read books instead. Eat organic. Get a colonoscopy. Which, by the way, if you're 50 or older, I'd encourage you to do that. Okay? The safety first posture, he continues, is wrong on several levels. First and most significantly, the good life is never defined by Jesus in terms of length or comfort. To the contrary, Jesus says that those who will seek to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their lives, right, spilling them out generously in service to others because of God's love, will find it. God is calling us to be courageous. Do you know that? God is calling you and me to be courageous. To live courageous lives, to be bold for Jesus Christ in our world. One of Pastor George's favorite authors and, and one of mine, one of my heroes of faith is Diedrich Bonhoeffer. And this is what he writes. Should come up next. There it is. Where will the call to discipleship lead those who follow it? What decisions and painful separations will it entail? We must take this question to Him who alone knows the answer. Only Jesus Christ who bids us follow Him knows where the path will lead. But we know that it will be a path full of mercy beyond measure. Discipleship is joy. Can we say that together? 
Discipleship is joy. Let's say it again. Discipleship is joy. In other words, a sold out life, a following Jesus, a commitment to rest in His security, not our own illusion of safety, a life in which we say yes to Jesus above everything else, above comfort and above safety, is not a life of drudgery. It's not a life of fear. It's not a life of boredom. It's a life of joy. What could be more joyful than being given the opportunity of being called by our Heavenly Father in the power of His Holy Spirit to live boldly and courageously for Jesus, our Savior, the One who died for us, calls us to live for Him. Oh my goodness! I'll tell you what, that's a reason to get up in the morning. And it's a reason to go to bed early at night. Right? It's good stuff. And as we look here at Stephen's example, here was a person who had that, that, that stand up character. He had that, that stand firm conviction. And he had, as we see today in our passage, what? Stand out courage. That when given the opportunity to seek safety, when given the opportunity to defend himself, to step back, to, to say, well, I really didn't mean to reframe the law of Moses or the temple in a new context of what it means to follow Jesus. I really didn't mean to say that. that that's not really what you heard me say. Let me explain. Right? No, what's he do? He takes the opportunity to say, no, let me make it really clear what I said because I want you to understand. Because I'm sold out. Because I'm going to be bold and I'm going to live courageously. And that's what he did. And when he did that, he incited the anger of the ruling Jewish council. And, and it's really interesting what it is that pushes them over the edge. Now, in Luke 22, 67 through 69, when, when Jesus is being put on trial for blasphemy, they ask Him, If you are the Messiah, tell us. And this is what Jesus said. If I tell you, you will not believe me. And if I ask you, you would not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the mighty God. All right, now, this is the same council that tried Jesus. Now, they have Stephen on trial. And in 54, verse 54 of chapter 7, it says, when the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious and they gnashed their teeth at him. They were angry at the message that he had given them. But Stephen, verse 55, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Verse 56, he said, look, he says to them, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. You know why they got so angry that they began to yell and they covered their ears and they were gnashing their teeth? Because they remembered that's what Jesus told us. From now on, you'll see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of God. 
And now here is Stephen on trial for his life. And he looks up and he says, there he is. I see Jesus sitting at the right hand of God. Stephen was telling them that the very thing that the righteous one, Jesus, whom they had put to death, had predicted what happened. He was saying, it's happened. There he is. But he's not seated. He's standing at the right hand of God. Isn't that an interesting difference in what Stephen sees? It's great. It's great. It's it's what I'm talking about, the security we have in the Lord. The reason that Jesus is standing is as, as Stephen sees him standing there, right? Jesus said, I'm going to be seated there. But Stephen says, I see him standing. It's because in a legal hearing of that time, if you had a person that was a witness for you that was going to represent you in a legal court of law, you know what they would do? They would stand up in the place next to the judge or the the counsel or those that were hearing the case. And they would stand up and they would represent you and argue on your behalf. And so here we see Jesus as not only the Son of Man who's seated at the right hand of God, but we see Jesus, our Lord and Savior, who literally stands on our behalf to represent us before God. And there is our true safety and security. And when they heard that, that pushed them over the edge. It just pushed them over the edge. Luke 12, 8 says, this is Jesus, I tell you, whoever publicly acknowledges me before others, the Son of Man will also acknowledge before the angels of God. And that's exactly what's happening here. The fulfillment of that. As Jesus is standing, Stephen sees him representing him. The fulfillment of what Jesus had promised. And so, you and I are called to courage. But here's the question. Are we going to choose courage or safety? Are we going to choose courage or safety? I say, choose courage. I love the Heidelberg Catechism. Way back in 1563, it begins with this question, what is your only comfort in life and death? And here's the answer. That I belong, body and soul, in life and death, not to myself, but to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ, who, at the cost of His own blood, has fully paid for all my sins and has completely freed me from the dominion of the devil. That He protects me. Now listen to this. That He protects me so that without the will of my Father in heaven, not a hair can fall from my head. Indeed, that everything must fit in His purpose for my salvation. You think Stephen believed that? Do we have the courage to believe that? Therefore, by His Holy Spirit, that's the same Holy Spirit that lives in you and me, He assures me of eternal life and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for Him. You know why? Because we know who we are. Our identity in Christ. And in that identity we know whose we are. That we belong to Him. 
that our life is not our own. And so that we can stand and we can live boldly and courageously for Him in our time. It's interesting that as Stephen was was taken out to be stoned, there was a, a young man named Saul who would later become the Apostle Paul who encouraged it and, and held the cloaks of those who were stoning him. Years later, the Apostle Paul would write this, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of His resurrection and participation in His suffering, becoming like Him in His death. That's Philippians 3.10. And that's exactly what we see modeled for Saul of Tarsus by Stephen, the first martyr of the church. Jesus said, as He was dying on the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. And then He called out in a loud voice, Father, into Your hands I commit My Spirit. When He had said this, He had breathed His last. And look what we see Stephen doing. While they were stoning Him in verse 59 of chapter 7, Lord Jesus, receive My Spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. That's that's a word for he died. He died. And so even in his death, Stephen chose courage. And he chose to live and model what Jesus had modeled. And in his death, he said the very same thing. He did the very same thing that Jesus had done. Um the early church leader, Tertullian, wrote these words, Kill us, torture us, condemn us, grind us to dust. The more you mow us down, the more we grow. The seed is the blood of Christians. That's what he wrote. Now, at the end of our passage today, it talks about Stephen dying persecution breaking out and Christians being scattered from Jerusalem. Okay? But you know what? When persecution comes to the church, the church prospers. Do you know that? It's when the church becomes too comfortable, too too safe that it that that it's rendered ineffective. And even in this persecution, it worked out according to the will of God that in the midst of it, not that He caused it, but but He works all things together for good. That that those who had become comfortable, who had come for the Feast of Pentecost, who had heard the message of Jesus, and who have stayed to learn about what it meant to be a Christ follower, who sat under the apostles' teaching, in their comfort the very persecution that the religious leaders had thought had, had, had used to stop them, God used to spread the message. Because as they were persecuted, they went back to the places they came from. And here's the point. That when the church is persecuted, it's like blowing on a dandelion. What happens? The seeds just spread and more grow up and are rooted. 
Because when Christians are committed to living bold and courageous lives, God's will can't be thwarted. And so I want to challenge us this morning to choose courage, to follow Stephen's example, to be willing to give our lives away in that we're called to live for Christ, And that whatever steps of faith God is calling you to take, take it. Whatever step of faith God is calling you to take, take it. That that step of faith might be something as simple as saying, you know what, I'm going to be a godly husband to my wife. And if if I'm having difficulty doing that or if there's conflict in my marriage, I'm going to seek out godly Christian counsel. And I'm going to take the step of courage so that we can be whole and there can be healing. Maybe it's a step to live your life differently, to reprioritize. Maybe you've been grabbing on to the the balance beam of safety. And maybe God is telling you to stand up on that beam and live bold and courageously for Him. Maybe it's a step of giving forgiveness. Maybe it's a step of, of being more generous with what God has given you. All those things require courage. And all those things are what it means to live boldly and courageously for Christ. And so will you choose courage? Will you do that today? Will you choose courage to live boldly for the one who died for you? If you do, let's just say that aloud. I choose courage. Can we say that? I choose courage. As we have said, may it be in the power of His Spirit. So worship team comes up. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for the model of what it means to to have stand-up character, to have stand-firm conviction, and to have stand-out courage. That we would live a life that was modeled for us by Jesus, that whether in life or death, we would call attention to our Savior. Father, would you give us courage to take the steps that we need to take so that our lives are right before you, so that we can be all that you desire us to be, whatever that might entail. Lord, help us to respond to your calling in our life. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.